0: I know words, I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Yo yo, what's going on everybody? welcome back to a brand new episode of peddling fiction i am your host the voice and soul of so called fiction johnny profita thank you all so very much for tuning in once again to what some might say is the best libertarian podcast out there anybody other than me eh, could be debatable but <laughs> anyway i hope everybody had a nice weekend my weekend was pretty good. I um, I've been having trouble focusing, man. I have a uh, so I am one month out today, one month away from another vacation. I find it very helpful to break up the year and give yourself something to look forward to every six months or so. Um, I've been going at it pretty hard for the last six months kind of burning the candle at both ends. Um working on the podcast, working my regular job. Um I also I'm in a mastermind group for some currency trading. We meet twice uh twice a week on that and then I have to do a bunch of testing and stuff like that on my own time. So uh oh, you know, you, you you put all that together and um you know, I, I try to work out every day, every other day, at a minimum, sort of keep my physique together. And, man, it doesn't leave it doesn't leave a whole lot of time. A lot of time for um, much of anything. You know, you get out with some friends every once in a while, but um, it, it's been pretty exhausting. It's been an exhausting grind. So I am one month out from a nice th- Three week break. I will be in beautiful, sunny Puerto Vallarta, Jalisco, Mexico. I realize I was just there in March and April, but I've got a great setup over there and I cannot wait to get back. The weather is perfect. Every day is, you know, mid to upper 80s, sunny. Barely a cloud in the sky. I've been going there for over 10 years now. And I, I've seen it rain once back in 2008 for about 15 minutes. And it was barely a drizzle. As far as I'm concerned, there is almost nothing better. So I've been, <laughs> I've been having trouble focusing on things lately because I've, I've just been in fantasy land counting down the days to that. I do plan to put out content during those three weeks that I will be in Mexico. I'm trying to pre-record some episodes in my free time, and I'll I'll put those out probably once a week in November just so that you guys don't forget about me while I'm sunning myself and uh, eating tacos. I do plan to bring my equipment down And I'll do I'll probably do some short, you know, 10, 15 minute things if if there's some important news that comes out or if I just have have the the urge to light up the microphone and who knows, maybe I'll figure out how to do some video and I can post some video content while I'm out there, because I think that would be pretty cool for you guys to to see me out in my element. Broadcasting from behind enemy lines, you know, from my three-bedroom, three-bath condo on the beach in Puerto Vallarta. So, something to look forward to for all of us, I suppose. But don't hold me to the video stuff, all right? I am technologically illiterate, to say the least. So, I am making no promises on that. But also, I am in the process of planning a family vacation. I will not be going to Mexico with my family. I will be going with a couple friends of mine. But next year, uh, around June, maybe bleeding into July, I am planning a huge Profita family vacation back to the motherland. We're going to Italy. And, you know, the family's grown quite a bit since our last family vacation, <laughs> which um yeah i can't even remember the last time because i have three sisters okay so um the last time we were all on vacation together was probably before my oldest sister i'm the second oldest so my oldest sister went to college um she just turned 38 (laughs) so it's been a while Since then, over the years, um, one of my sisters has had a baby. And um, the other sister just got married. My youngest one just got married. So we're, we're gonna be rolling about 10 strong for this one. And I've just been, I've been looking at villas in Tuscany and villas in Sicily, and I just can't fucking wait. It's going to be fantastic, but it's consuming a lot, <laughs> probably too much of my free time is just getting on Airbnb and VRBO and any other website I can think of to find the, the perfect spot because we're going to go to, well, the plan is to do, you know, probably two and a half weeks or so. Um, I might stay a little longer if I can but we're going to do Florence and the Tuscan countryside, Rome, and Sicily. Now, I have been before I went three years ago, and i I mean I did just about everything you could do in a sixteen seventeen day period with the exception of Sicily and which is where my father's side of the family hails from so um i I'm not too keen on. All of the touristy stuff because I hate crowds, and it'll be nice to not I, since I got all that shit out of the way with the girl I was dating at the time now I don't have to do any of that I don't have to spend a day at the Vatican I don't have to wait in line to get into the coliseum um I might even i don't know. If if I if I skip Rome, I might try to make it down to the Amalfi Coast. I got short change there, maybe hang out in Sorrento. A lot of things up in the air. <sighs> anyway, that's what's been going on with me. And if you haven't noticed, Johnny the Jew is not with me once again. He has decided to take a step back from the show. You know, everything everything's fine with him. I I just don't think it was um, fitting into his schedule very well, and it just wasn't high up on his priority list. I think he was getting a little burnt out talking about politics, yeah, uh, yeah one, once a week or whatever. Yeah, it, it's um, I I don't think he obsesses about this stuff the way I do, and maybe hopefully you do. So, um. We're still friends and everything. He's got a birthday coming up. We're going to go shoot some clay pigeons down in Wisconsin in a couple weeks, which I thought was an interesting choice coming from him because he's admittedly not a gun guy, but he wanted to try something different, and it, it should be a lot of fun. I, it's the We're going to the Winchester Gun Club for anybody that might be familiar with the area. I love that place. It's always a good time um hopefully you know maybe this will help Johnny the Jew get more comfortable around firearms and maybe change his stance toward that so he's doing great his wife's doing great as far as i know um he just will not be a part of this show anymore and i think he will be missed i always enjoyed i like you know i do enjoy doing the podcast by myself But I also did like having somebody else in here, maybe with a different perspective on things, even if we disagreed completely on it. Um, I I think there is some value to that. So I don't know if you guys have an opinion on it. You can always tweet at me at Pedal Fiction. Let me know if you prefer Johnny the Jew on here along with me or Johnny the Gentile flying solo whether or not there will be a jew and the gentile <laughs> spin-off podcast that would not be uh as politically motivated in the future could be a possibility. It might happen. Uh, I'll tease that a little bit. But I once again I am making no promises. The ball will be in his court for that one. I've I've got more than enough to do as it is. So at least for the foreseeable future, you will be stuck with yours truly. And I suppose that's enough <laughs> enough chit-chat for one episode. Let's get into it. So I'm sure most of you out there who are interested in politics have been consumed with the whole Donald Trump impeachment news for the last two weeks or so. And I've already done an episode on that. I don't have a whole lot more to add I mean, there have been more details coming out. There have been some closed-door testimonies to Congress, none of which seem to have strengthened the Democrats' case one iota, despite what they will try to tell you, despite what you hear on MSNBC and all the corporate press. Kurt Volker, the, the former U.S. envoy to Ukraine, testified the other day, I think it was Thursday, um, and according to Republicans who are calling for the transcript of that to be uh, of that closed door testimony to be released, he hurt the narrative that Adam Schiff has been perpetuating quite a bit. And then the Democrats are pointing to some text messages between a couple diplomats as sort of their next gotcha moment, and of course the gotcha that they have is a U.S. diplomat to Ukraine William Taylor. Said in a September 9th text message to the U.S. ambassador to the EU, a guy by the name of Gordon Sondland, um, he says, "I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance to help uh, for help with a political campaign." To which Sondland replies, and this is a verbatim quote: "Bill, I believe you are incorrect about the president." about President Trump's intentions, the president has been crystal clear, no quid pro quos of any kind. And then he adds, I suggest we stop the back and forth by text. So that was last week, at toward the end of last week, that was the big gotcha moment there. Um, one U.S. diplomat saying, you know, I don't think it's right that the that, that Trump's using security assistance as leverage, and then the, the, the US diplomat immediately denying that that's what's happening. You know, obviously, if you're putting stuff like that in writing on a, in a text message, you're going to deny that just for the record. But either way, again, you know, it's, you, you can't prove it either way. And then also, t- maybe toward the end of last week or this weekend, I can't remember the exact timing of it, a second whistleblower has come out. A second whistleblower, this time with first-hand knowledge of the phone call. Of course, we've already been given the transcript of the phone call, so this all just seems kind of ridiculous to me. But what I think is going on here, um, <laughs> and I don't think this is, a lot of people are comparing this to the whole Kavanaugh thing, you know, Kavanaugh 2.0, all these whistleblowers are going to start coming out of the woodwork um, with each one being more ridiculous than the last. What I actually think is going on here is sort of an old CIA trick where they take, you know, because the first whistleblower didn't have firsthand knowledge, he had secondhand knowledge, right? Well, where did he get his secondhand knowledge from? He got it from the whistleblower that's coming forward right now. So the the whist, the, 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 the it's the same story, okay? It's... The, the first, the, the new whistleblower is the one who gave the first whistleblower his whistleblowing information. So I, I have no idea what else he can add to this. You know, the, the Democrats are trying to spin this like at where there's smoke, there's fire. And now we have the second whistleblower and this just adds to the, the strength of our argument. Look, there are a few big problems with this whole thing regardless of how many whistleblowers of you know or CIA plants come forward with their ridiculous stories, okay? The Democrats do not have a smoking gun here. There is no explicit quid pro quo in anything that they have. Now you can claim that it's implied or that they really meant this as a threat, but that's never going to be enough evidence to convict. Compound that with the fact that Trump eventually gave them the money and they never investigated Biden. So, I mean, how can you how can you make the case that there was this quid pro quo, you know, this this for that arrangement where Trump says, you know, if you don't investigate Biden, I'm going to withhold all of this um, foreign aid. And then they never investigate Biden and you give them the foreign aid. How can you make that case when what you're alleging happened never actually came to fruition? So, if you're claiming this is a deal, that the deal was Trump would withhold aid if they don't investigate Joe and Hunter Biden, and they don't do that, and Trump gives them the aid, that's a bit problematic. Don't you think? And you can whine all day long about how you know deep down that the threat was implied and that he's act really acting as this mafia boss and this is how they do things. But it's not what you know, it's what you can prove, as Denzel Washington said in training day. And no matter how bad you want this, no matter how much you dislike Trump, being unlikable is not an impeachable offense. I'm not even convinced that if you were able to prove everything that the Democrats are alleging, that that is impeachable. I mean, don't governments do that all day long? That's how government works. And considering the other ways governments operate, how everything they do is ultimately based on the threat of force, this just doesn't seem as bad to me. In fact, I'd actually prefer it. I'd prefer it to the other government operations. It's not like Trump was asking him to fabricate evidence against Biden or create a scandal out of thin air. He just asked him to look into something we already knew at one point they were looking into. And some other people have made this point. This is another issue that the Democrats are going to have, is that it's kind of hard to explain exactly what you're impeaching Trump for. I mean, if you were to ask uh, five or six people, What's Trump being impeached for? You'd get probably five or six different answers, or at least a, a jumbled response that, that you can't really nail down. You can't articulate it clearly and concisely. There isn't a precise charge, you know, like perjury with Bill Clinton. Okay, You have a, abuse of power, which is what they're alleging, right? And that's just, on its face, so subjective, uh, abuse of power. Okay, and here's the other thing. Joe Biden is not Donald Trump's political rival. Okay? They they're trying to claim that he's going after he's you know he's using the the force of government to go after one of his political rivals. Well, Joe Biden isn't Trump's political rival. He's not. At least not yet. Joe Biden is a political rival to all the other Democrats running for the primary, but that's about it. He's no threat to Trump right now. Uh, leading in the primary polls a year out from the election? <laughs> really? The same polls that he's been fading in for the last couple weeks? Uh, the same poll that gets things wrong constantly? I mean, I've said many times on this show that I don't think Biden's going to get the nomination. And that was before all of this hoopla, okay? He's a train wreck. He's always been a train wreck. Nuzzling kids, doing weird things, touching their, touching them in uh, really bizarre ways, rubbing their head, nose, humping them. His eyes bleeding, his teeth are falling out. He can't remember people's names. This, this is the guy that's gonna take down Donald Trump. I mean, the CIA couldn't do it. The NSA couldn't do it. The FBI couldn't do it. Special counsel couldn't do it. Russia collusion narrative for three years couldn't do it. The mainstream media every day railing against Trump 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They couldn't do it. Hillary Clinton couldn't do it. But Joe Biden, Joe Biden, who is falling apart right in front of our eyes every day, physically, mentally, mentally he's going to take down teflon don he's such a big political threat to to donald trump he's got to solicit foreign governments to to take him down through an investigation Uh, okay (laughs) okay um uh yeah no that's not gonna happen and then the most one of the most hilarious things was the most trumpian thing of the week was when he came out and he just publicly asks Ukraine and China to once again look into the Biden corruption. I mean, he doesn't give a fuck. He, he knows no matter what he does or what he says, he's going to be impeached. But remember, Trump being impeached is not synonymous with Trump being removed from office, okay? He will be impeached. He will not be removed from office. This is all you have on him. There is no way 20 Republicans in the Senate will flip on their party, commit political suicide, and vote to have him removed. As much as the mainstream Washington, D.C. establishment hates him, Republicans included, their voters do like him. And think about what Republicans would be doing if they voted to remove Donald Trump. They don't have anyone to run. It's way too late into the election cycle. To, ...to put some, put a replacement in. So they, they, they can't remove him from office. They don't have anything better. Okay? Trump is their guy. And make no mistake about it... ...this is 100% political. Yeah, they'll have a trial... ...but this has nothing to do with the law. This is about politics, okay? And how many votes you can turn. How many politicians you can persuade... ...that what Trump allegedly did... ...that you can't really prove is worthy of impeachment. That's what this is all about. And I think there are just way too many problems with this whole hastily concocted Democratic narrative to ever take down Donald Trump. They call him Teflon Don for a reason. I mean, look, I don't doubt that Trump was trying to influence or persuade Ukraine to look into the whole Hunter Biden thing. But the way he went about it, maybe he's a little too slick for you guys to catch it To catch him up in it because he never says i'll withhold military aid because he never says i'll withhold military aid if you don't do this for me he never really mentions either of those things explicitly or even in the same breath if you read the transcript here let me pull it up real quick because i do all these episodes on how dishonest the media is right well, this is another great example. I probably could have done another media malpractice episode just on this impeachment thing alone. But this is ABC News, okay? This is what the, the quote says. A transcript released by the White House of Trump's July, 5th call, July 25th call with Ukraine President Zelensky showed Trump asking for a favor of the foreign leader and pushing him to launch an investigation into the Biden family. Okay, so is that 100% factually inaccurate? No. But is it incredibly misleading and dishonest? Absolutely. So this is, this is from the transcript directly, okay? This is um, President Trump. I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say CrowdStrike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people. The server, they say, Ukraine has it. Sorry, I'm laughing. It's just hard to read Trump. It's hard to read the transcript in Trump without doing like a Trump voice because it's got his cadence and all his like sentence fragments and stuff. (laughs) Anyway, he continues. There are a lot of things that went on. The whole situation. I think you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people. I would like to have the Attorney General call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. As you saw yesterday, the whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller. An incompetent performance. But they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, it's very important you do it if that's possible. Okay, so that is the favor that Trump asked um, the Ukrainian president to do, which was look into the bullshit Russian collusion narrative that that led to this ridiculous two and a half year investigation that turned to, turned out to be absolutely nothing. That's what he's asking for. That's the favor. And that is what I think is at the root of this whole impeachment thing. I'll get into more of that in a little bit. But Zelensky then responds, noting that you know he's fighting corruption and he has reliable teams of investigators. And, a, and something like 300 words later in that transcript, Trump mentions the whole Biden thing. It's almost like a throwaway comment at the end of a conversation. He says, look, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son. A lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general, that would be great. <laughs> that's it. That's what they're that's what they're claiming is the impeachable offense. And notice how ABC just makes it seem like President Trump was like, hey, I need a favor. Um, I need you to investigate Joe Biden for me. I think he, he's he's corrupt. It, it's just so dishonest. And really, I mean, the more I think about this the more it only makes sense that the reason they're going after him for impeachment now is that this is just another attempt by the deep state to try to take down president trump to try to take him down because now he's look he's trying to look into the the roots of that whole russia collusion narrative that was cooked up by the deep state and they need to stop him there's reports coming out that William Barr is actually you know he said he was going to start investigating this when when the Mueller report finally came out and turned out he had nothing on Trump so then Barr came out and he's like yeah I'm really gonna look into this and at the time I was thinking yeah right don't hold your breath I've never seen a Washington investigation turn up anything but there are reports coming out that he's, like, really serious about this. He's going to he's going to foreign—he's not just investigating it here in the U.S. He's going abroad, and he's trying to figure out what started this whole thing and who they can nail down for this. And that's what Trump is asking—that's the main favor that Trump is asking for during this phone call. And that, I think, is what got the the deep state, the CIA—and when I say deep state, I mean these three-letter agencies— Um, These unelected bureaucrats, all these alphabet agencies, CIA, NSA, FBI, that are full of these unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats that carry over from administration to administration and who are who have an unbelievable amount of power next to no oversight. Uh, Even people like um, Rand Paul have admitted on the Senate floor that they have no idea like who who's watching over these guys and they're they're controlling the largest spying apparatus the world has ever seen and and Trump is Trump is you know he's trying to peel back that curtain a little bit and I think I mean I know they don't like that look at the reaction you get from <laughs> from the deep state look at the guys like uh John Brennan and all these like former CIA directors and former FBI directors that come out, they're livid about this. And so when you go after the the deep state, the way Trump is trying to do here, that's that to me is a, more of a reason for them to ramp up this whole impeachment thing as another as just another Russian collusion narrative that they need to press to try to uh, uh, remove Trump from office before he can expose them for the shady characters that they are. I mean, how else do you explain it, right? It's the only thing that makes sense to me at this point as to why Nancy Pelosi and company would go through all of this, You know, even though they still haven't called for a formal vote. The fact that they would, they would move forward with impeachment when having absolutely nothing at the time, how else do you explain that? This whole thing, just the more information that comes out, the more it reeks of the same stench of Russian collusion. Because think back to that whole thing, the whole Russia collusion fiasco, which wasn't all that long ago, by the way, even though it seems like an eternity now in the 24-hour news cycle and the attention span of the American people. But that whole thing was, was basically pulled out of, out of thin air. We now know They have openly admitted in testimony on 60 Minutes in the text messages of Peter Strzok that these agents of the deep state, these guys have openly admitted that they had strategic plans and discussions for how they were going to remove Trump from office. Strzok's text messages about how they will stop him one way or another, they've made no secret about their disdain for Donald Trump. And when you take on the intelligence agencies of the U.S. or you upset them in in the way that Trump has managed to do, there are any number of ways they can come after you and try to ruin you. And and they've discussed this openly. We found out that they orchestrated the whole Russia collusion thing, lying about using opposition research to obtain FISA warrants, to spy on the Trump administration. They kept it afloat for years on anonymous intelligence agents coming forward and claiming to have proof of this or proof of that. That was a big swing and a miss. And now that Trump made it through that, he's coming up swinging. He's openly expressed a strong desire to figure out who was behind that whole plot to take him out. And reports, like I said, are surfacing that Bill Barr is actually trying to investigate this. The shady origins of that whole thing. And it turns out, oh yeah, by the way, it was the main thing that Trump was calling Ukraine about. It was the main favor that they talked about. Not the Biden thing. That was more of sort of an afterthought if you actually read the transcript. He was calling them to look into what started this whole investigation into him. And now all of a sudden, the deep state, the, the Washington, D.C. establishment, they're after him again. And again, the so-called whistleblower is a CIA agent that conveniently, you know, they changed the rules or the qualifications for whistleblowing to allow secondhand information. I don't know. It, it seems awfully convenient to me. Maybe Barr was getting close to uncovering a lot of damaging information that would have brought down a lot of these deep state agents and shown them to be you know, the shady motherfuckers that they are. Obviously, just speculation on my part. But how else do you explain the Democrats going after him formally for impeachment with the least serious of all their charges? I mean, they've got practically nothing on him. But they had to do something to take the focus off the bar investigation, to distract from the fact that the deep state has spent the last three years trying to unseat a duly elected president. And whether you're a fan of Trump or not, he won the election, okay? As hard as that is for you lefties out there to come to terms with, he won it fair and square. So even if you despise him, you should find it very disturbing that a president that was elected through your holy sacrament of democracy that thing that you you know you hold so near and dear to your heart that a president can be taken down by these shadow figures in government that they can concoct stories out of nothing fabricate evidence abuse their power and status they get to spy on people and go after a president, prevent him from carrying out his agenda, simply because they don't like him. I mean, talk about undermining democracy. (laughs) But if this is successful, and I highly doubt it will be, but if it was, if they can take a phone call and a CIA whistleblower and take down a president because they don't like his policies or agenda or because he's an outsider that they can't control... I mean, what chance do we have of ever changing this system? For those of you out there uh, uh, on the left that want a drastic change to the political system, you think that's possible if you upset the apple cart? And for those of you on the right, um, maybe you're never Trumpers or just in favor of smaller government. What chance do you have of ever getting closer to that? if the CIA, the NSA, the FBI can just ruin any president that talks about reeling in government just a little bit, God forbid, abolishing the Federal Reserve, ending all of our foreign military interventions. How is that ever going to happen if all of the people who have a vested interest in that not happening can just take over government from behind the scenes? We're setting a very dangerous precedent here. And if these alphabet agencies get away with this without any repercussions, you know, scot-free, even if Trump isn't removed from office, but they don't face any consequences for all the shit that they're trying to pull, it's only going to strengthen their resolve and diminish any chance of an outsider or radically different president from ever getting elected and rolling back this enormous government that we have that's like an albatross around our neck. So we should all be very concerned about this. Not because we're fans of Trump, but because we're not fans of the current status quo. Okay, well, <laughs> I um got a little carried away with a rant there. I had, I had actually planned on talking about something completely different from this episode, because I think my last episode was also on impeachment. But I'm, I'm running a little long here, so I'll save that for later in the week. I'll wrap here. So if you like the show today, or you like the show in general, do me a favor. Make sure you download and subscribe. Share the show with your friends. And go on to iTunes, give us a five-star rating if you think the show is worth it. Follow me on Twitter, at Pedal Fiction. And if you would like to become a supporting listener of the show, you can always do that by visiting our website, PedalingFictionPodcast.com. And if you do all that for me, I will keep doing this show for you. I will be back in a couple days with a brand new episode for you. Until then... Just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.